Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. I'm Karen Tsuk and today I will speak with Adi Mazur Krayo, an innovation expert and the founder of Invisible Innovation about leading innovation and the connection between mindfulness and innovation. So stay with us. Adi, it's a pleasure to be with you. Hi, great to see you, Karen. So as an innovation and strategy expert, how do you define innovation? So innovation is something that everybody would express a bit differently. If you ask someone from tech, if you ask someone from strategy, if you ask someone from branding or marketing or design. So each one of these people will say it a bit differently. But as I see it, I think that innovation is actually going with nature, with what is going on with the world, changing according to the change outside. So many companies uh, need to deal with changing markets, changing clients, changing clients' needs out there. And if they don't innovate and create something new for them or update what they have and reinvent their, their product and services, they will not be able to exist for long especially right now when we have this very, very major change and crisis in the world, there are so many things changing and, and without innovation and growing with change, it will be very hard for companies to exist. It's really interesting what you say at the beginning. I liked it, like going with nature. It's amazing. I didn't heard this definition or viewpoint of innovation because actually it really simplifies it, you know, it's because when you talk about innovation, it's a big word and what do I need to do with it? But at the end of the day, you say, it's really listening to what's happening, what the clients need from us, our employees. And and not resisting change, you know, Uh like change is part of what's going on outside. It's part of nature. and, And most human beings are not really happy with change and they don't want to change themselves and they don't want to change what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And innovation is actually defining what you're doing and defining your position and your company and your product according to what's going on outside without resisting it. Yes. Yeah, so it's also the ability to accept change that it's really hard for us. Right. We like to be in our comfort zone. So it requires us to go out of our comfort zone and to, to react to what's happening and to be proactive. Right. And not be afraid of change. Yeah, this is part of what, what we need to do as, as humans. It's really challenging now for us as humans. Uh, for sure. You can see it right now that uh, the struggle between being curious and being afraid is something that we experience every day. And especially if you're a leader and a manager in, in any company, the struggle between saying like everything's going to be the same afterwards, we're, we're going to just have the same clients, the same revenues, everything's going to be the same. We just passed this section of like these few months and everything will be just fine. Mm-hmm. And, and the other part is, yeah, things will change. What could we do accordingly mm-hmm. and, and go with that? So, yes, it's amazing. You work with corporate startups, right, with leaders, what do you think leaders need to embrace nowadays in order to enable innovation in their companies to create innovation? So I think that it's the same for corporate startups and startups. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur for a startup or an innovation leader within a company. You need to embrace uncertainty and change. Mm-hmm. 
if you are staying where you are all the time in general, especially now, but now it's like the crisis is just a big fast change. It's a change and it's very unpredictable in some cases. And there are so many aspects with, our, with uncertainties. So I think that leaders could just try to think about what could be and what are the opportunities out there instead of just going back to their core products and what they know best. Most companies right now are not innovating mm -hmm. and they tell themselves, okay, this is like a privilege to do innovation. Innovation takes time and resources and, and lots of belief in what we could do. And because they're afraid with uncertainty, they go back. They go mm -hmm. back to what they know. And the, the companies we know from past crisis, let's say 2008, we know that companies that uh, decided to innovate within the crisis were the ones who succeeded the most afterwards because they understood they could do something different. They could do something better. They could offer new services and products. So they knew that within this unknown, there are lots of open opportunities. And actually, when there is a big change, there's lots of opportunities to innovate and do things better and to do other things and to offer other options to the clients. So, um, and it's really important to understand the clients are changing. The world is changing. The clients are changing. It's, it's the markets and clients that see things differently and maybe decide differently. And it's not only if you're in education, in entertainment, in, in the food industry, in, in restaurants. It's not only in these very specific, tourism, of course, mm -hmm. in these specific domains. It's everywhere. You see people think differently about things and therefore you have so many options to, to just meet the unmet needs out there. It's really challenging because as we say, people don't like to change. And, you know, in the midst of the, this coronavirus transformation, it raises a lot of uh, anxiety, fear, and a lot of unpleasant feelings that we don't want to feel. And then we hold right. to it instead of being with it and also embracing a new opportunity. So we, yeah. a part of us are getting into a survival mode instead of being with this scaredness or anxiety and alongside looking for the new things to grow or to develop. Yeah, it, it, it is a big challenge for us as human beings because human beings don't want to change. They want to keep the status quo. What they know is safe for them and the unknown is unsafe. But for leaders who really want to go through this crisis and to grow afterwards, they have to conquer this fear and they have to face it. So it's not like, it's not like closing your eyes and saying like, yeah, everything is the same. Like, um, I don't care about what's going on outside in my company. We have the same pipeline. We have the same clients. We have more or less the same revenues. So it's just fine. And, and, and sometimes it's really calming. It's, mm -hmm. it's not that. I think that what I try to do in my daily life and as a professional is to be very curious what could be out there. Mm -hmm. And there are so many open opportunities. We just need to see them. And if you keep yourself amazed of what could be and not afraid of could be, I think you have so many opportunities you could grow from. And you could keep your fears in, in level. The, yeah, I, I have the place for the fears. I have, the, I, I'm I have anxiety over some of the things in my life. And it's not only professional parts, but these are the parts that I know that I cannot control. Mm -hmm. But what could I do? What I could control is what I do 
facing the, these changes. And, and it's important to understand that we have an option to change. Yes, you know, there's the saying goes that uh, we don't have really control. It's only an illusion, but we think we have control. But yes, as you talked, you talked about being curious. I think this is, and I talked with Hagid in the last podcast about curiosity and listening to new opportunities. And so it's part of being mindful, right? The ability to really uh, be present in the moment and listen to what's needed from you, from your clients, from the market, and being able to react to it This is being mindful, but it's not a common practice for us because we really like our stability to do what we do every day, to wake in the morning and to know what I'm doing. But now we are encouraged to get out of our comfort zone, to challenge ourselves and to get out of automatic behaviors at the end of the day because right. we need to bring new solution. We need to innovate, as you said, and we can yeah. innovate with the same set tools that we used yesterday. So yeah. how do you see the connection between the ability to be innovative and mindfulness from your experience? Uh, first, I think that the ability to be in the present is something that we truly need because most of the minds of people right now are in the future. They are so afraid of what could be that they are not here. And only when you're in the current uh, moment, mm -hmm. which is the only thing that you have, which is the current moment, Uh, only then you could just be with yourself and relax yourself and decide. And, and the decision is so important. What could you do? Mm -hmm. What would you do if you weren't afraid? This is a sentence of Sheryl Sandberg. She, she said that to women that they are afraid to go out and, and try new things. So this is something that you could do only in the present. I think that the capability of really taking in what's going on that could be very confusing and, and unknown and just staying with it and thinking what that means for me as a leader, what that means for my business, what that means for the company, what that means for my clients, what, like just understand that. And from that understanding, there are so many open ways and opportunities out there mm -hmm. that you could just imagine that as All the bad scenarios you have, let's say you have millions of bad scenarios, you could have millions of good scenarios. And both of them are equally truth because you don't know what's going to be. You, you can just imagine. So you could just imagine what will be for a bad side and for the good side. And in both cases, you could be right or wrong. And for me, I decide proactively to think that something amazing is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. And I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I prefer to think this way because it allows me the stability, the mental stability to think more calmly and decide what I want to do. So actually you're saying that you also direct and focus your mind on the positive aspect of this transformation and seeing the half glass, full, the full glass and not the empty glass and putting your energy there instead of putting it in, in the part of the fears and cling to the stability aspect. So yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's the ability to hold these tensions, right? Because there's a lot of tension between the stability and the innovation, between the unknown and the known. So understanding that we are in the midst of a transformation and allowing us time. I think it, that we don't allow us time to process the things and to really listen to what's needed. So enabling this space of listening and even legitimizing it by saying, let's 
have a meeting now and let's think about all the scenarios. But we don't actually need to decide at the end of the meeting. Let's give it time. Let's deal with it. And then, what, from my experience, usually in a paradoxical way, the solution arises in a moment only because the space and the, the way that we act toward it, not from a stressful place, because, you know, there's a lot of research that shows that when we are stressed and in a survival mode, we can be creative and innovative. So I think this is the essence for enabling the, the innovation, the space to be in the moment without stressing and being in survival mode, right? What do you think? Right, right. I think that the tension between what has been till now let's say the past of, of the company and what could be in the future is something that innovation leaders has to hold with both sides all the time. So on one side, he has the current situation, the current uh, state of the product and services, and he wants to evolve and get them better and better. So this is what he has, but still he has a vision of what could be. Mm-hmm. And this vision should be very clear and should be very positive. And he should hold these two ed- ends of the rope and to try to, to connect them in a sense. Because if you cannot hold this tension about what you are and what you could be as, as a company, it's really hard for you to innovate because you're just, you're just afraid to do the next step because you don't know what's the direction and you don't really believe that you could or should or would do it. And so this tension is something that is needed from anyone who needs to Uh, do something creative, innovative, out of the box. Uh, you can see people who are entrepreneurs. This is their biggest ability to mm-hmm. know that currently maybe they don't have any users. Maybe they don't have any client. Okay? But still they believe that their idea could be so big, mm-hmm. so, so successful. So this optimism, inherent optimism, I would say, Maybe some people will say too optimistic because most startups fail. Uh-huh. But I think it's, it's something that, that's the biggest power for an entrepreneur and innovation leader. And it's so needed today to believe that things will be better. There is something better out there. Something amazing is going to happen. And I really wait for it. What, what I heard you say, it's even beyond that. It's something that as an entrepreneur, you feel that... you're in the service of your community, of your clients, you really want to have a big impact on the world and you feel this is your calling. It's beyond you. You're connected to a broader picture beyond. You feel like you are a part of the game, but it's, it's not your ego. It's not what, what's my game right now because you really are able to connect to a broader picture. So I think this is what I heard what you're saying, right? So mm-hmm. it's really a passion the, aspect. That, yeah, it's, it's a passion. I don't know if... Every entrepreneur will say it's their calling, but if they do, they have more possibilities to succeed. In general, if you know the why, why are you doing that? What's mm-hmm. your main goal? What's their biggest thing? Like it's, it couldn't be just make money because it's not powerful enough. If you say, I want to serve this community, I want to solve this problem. This is so important for me. I believe that other people want it to, to be solved and they have pain and, and I want to solve that pain. He will have the possibility to gain all the resources, the energy, the mental energy to do what he wants. And the same could be within a company. If, if you need to decide something, you will need this concentration and mental uh, energy in order to do so. And once you're anxious, it's very hard to do 
uh, good decisions and, and anxiety is something that... Uh, blinds you, right? Kind of blinds you. Yeah. And you talked about the, actually the, the people, planet, profit aspect. I think it's the new paradigm that entrepreneurs want to impact beyond the money. It's important in business, in startups, for sure, because this is the oil. But at the end of the day, what is your big impact for the planet, for the people, for the, and the profit Uh, as well, but not only the profit. So I think this is something yeah. also that is changing nowadays. I, I think that you see this connection of three dimensions, which is the social and the economical and the, uh, the impact on the, on the earth and world. Um, you see it more in certain kinds of startups. You do hear people talk about it more in Europe, let's say, than in, in Israel here. Um, but I, I truly believe that if you as a person uh, see your company do good things and you believe that they have a good aim, you'll be able to do more and to do better things. And you can see it like in uh, the Silicon Valley right now, you see big, big corporates, uh, employees starting to question where they invest their time, talents and skills uh, and time. Mm-hmm. Like this is the biggest resources that you could offer someone and and they they are questioning am I in a, a good company in in a good place? do I want to invest in that cause and are, am I doing something for for the good of humanity or society of mm-hmm. the planet and and you see it it's not coming uh, top down from the leadership from the entrepreneurs from the founders it comes from the employees in many cases and then younger people are very focused on what is their goals what is the meaning of what they want to create and and you really feel this power and, and I'm I really appreciate people thinking this way and I believe that this is the way to succeed if you want to go for the long run if you want to do something mm-hmm. very short it's okay you can you can talk about money yeah you are the book innovating through chaos can right. you give it a teaser and tell us about the, the book and so, so the book is actually for change makers entrepreneurs uh, innovation leaders out there that want to make a change and it's about finding the business opportunities in this crisis and we're currently in a crisis which is so big that you could handle what you have right now to a certain extent afterwards you will need to change and the change should be according to what's going on outside so you're taking the crisis and you're creating something from this chaos From these changing paradigms, changing markets, changing needs, and you need to understand them, and you are starting from there, and then you could go further. So half of the book is actually practical. It's, it's a method to create better products for an uncertain world. Uh-huh. Can you give us a tip to our listeners? Uh, how can we lead innovation nowadays? Two or three tips, one or two tips? I- I, I would say that what you need to do in, currently as an innovation leader is to listen really carefully to the outside, what's going on, talk to your clients, talk to your users, really understand what the situation is and start with what you have. You have so many strengths. You have your uh, clients, of course, you have a, 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 your knowledge and IP and you have human resources and This is what you currently have. How could you utilize that in order to get to a better place and maybe a better product, a better service, uh, to reinvent your products and change them according to what's going on outside? And another thing I would say for them, and we talked about fear, is to really understand 
that this is a chaos that you could do something out of. And I wrote in the book about the word balagan in, in uh-huh. Hebrew. Uh-huh. And, and the word balagan, in, in, I, I would say, is something that is very Israeli. It's a chaos, but you see it in a, a bit friendly way. So it's like a familiar chaos. Uh, you know that something is not going to go as you want. You know there is a mess out there. But you see it like, uh, yeah, I can handle that. that that's, that's even a bit nice. Maybe mm-hmm. I could do something different within this unknown state. And I think that this is part of the power of, of the startup nation, of the ecosystem here in Israel, because we're so used to being in an uncertain state, in, in a messy state, <laughs> Balagan. So we're used to that. So for us, being in a chaos, uh, although it, it doesn't make us happy, but it, we're more aware and more used to that. And, mm-hmm. and we find it less frightening, I would say. Yeah, more common. We live in a chaos, you say, in the day-to-day, in a survival mode, in a chaos. I think uh, it's important for me to say that fear doesn't go away. I think being innovative and uh, curious, being able to go out of our comfort zone, we will meet fear. And it's okay. It's an energy that drives us. It's an important energy. But we don't need to disconnect from this energy. We need to give it place and to even listen to it and try to understand what does it tells us. Maybe it really tries to tell us something. Maybe it's not the right direction. Maybe it, I'm scared because I'm really going in the right direction and it's my calling, but it scares me. That's okay, but maybe it's not. So I think we need to, part of being mindful is to be connected to the different parts within us and to listen to them, not only to the outer world, also to the inner world and to interact between the outer world and the inner world and to see what the outer world resonates within me and how I work with what resonates without me in order to accurate it to the outer world. So it's like an interconnected um, aspect. Yeah, I think that I know from, from what I experience as a human being that sometimes these uh, challenges in life, maybe even crises, is, is something that we grow from. It's like growing pains. We cannot really do something better and different without this kind of things, which is inter- interrupting our status quo. And sometimes mm-hmm. it comes from the outside and tells us, okay, you could learn something new. You could do something better. And that's why you have it. I have a quote here in, in my office and it's like in front of me all the, all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Carol Dweck. Mindset. Mindsets. Mindset. Growth mindset. She's talking about growth. Mindset. Yeah, she's talking about growth mindset. And, and the book is called Mindset. And it's exceptional people convert life setbacks into future successes. Mm-hmm. And, and I really believe in that. And that's why it's like written in front of me and, they, and I see it all the time. And I really believe in, in taking what you have and people have crises and changes and things that they are unknown and unexpected in their life all the time. Mm-hmm. Now we have it like bigger and more people experience that, but we have that. And the question is, how do we interact with this crisis? What could we do? We could just go down and just be very sad. And it's okay for a certain time. This is what you need to do. And afterwards, instead of asking, why did it happen? And, and how, how wrong this is going to be? And in questioning the, the decision that maybe brought you to this stage or, or anything which is connected to the past, I, I think the best question is, what is out there? What, what could I learn from there? How can I be a better person? How can I grow from it? And I think that's the real essence of handling crisis. Amazing. It reminds me that um, a few decades, 
like 25 years ago, even more, I was in a stage where, which I had no job, no boyfriend, nothing. I was without anything. And, you know, it was really a tough situation. And I was in the unknown because I didn't know what would be with me. But I did have good friends. So, you know, I, I got a lot of love from there. And this is also one of my learning that loves exist ever, anywhere. And I remember that my father sent me a page from a book that talked about appreciating what you have, even that you feel that you don't have anything. And it's amazing because it stayed with me till now, because it was a big lesson I had to appreciate what we have, even that we think we don't have anything. And, you know, I think in the, the midst of the transformation of the coronavirus, a lot of us experienced the unknown, they lost their job, their career, their, a lot of things are changing, are forced on us. And what I want to give our listeners and from my experience that even in this challenging, really challenging time, to find the thing that you are appreciative of. It can be your family, your loved ones, uh, your hobbies, whatever makes you happy. It's also important to see this because at the end, you know, it will, the period will pass and we'll be in a new path. But the ability to see what we, the coronavirus came to teach us and to grow from it, I think this is the essence of growing as human beings and being mindful and developing and connected to what you say about Carol um, Dweck, about embracing a growth mindset and being with it, even if it's challenging, and it is, we can say it's not. So It is. It is challenging. And, and I think that uh, it's not to say that I see businesses falling. I see companies going down. It's not like saying, yeah, it's all happy and everything is just fine. But uh, a person that I talked to about the change in, in the business and industries out there, he told me that we could see it like a... A, a fire in the woods. So in the past, when they had lots of fires, they, they tried to, to distinguish them. And afterwards, we knew that it's better to give them an option to spread. And this is the way that the forest is replenishing itself, like regrowing. And the, the, for, the fires are for the forest and not against the forest because it burns out the leaves and the, and the, and the, the ground is breathing and we could see the same for us as what the economy could be. What is the meaning of the social situation? What is the meaning for us as human beings while we're working all the time and dedicating all our efforts and all our resources to, to careers and money? So it could be a, a place to ask ourselves what could be different and better afterwards. And although we have these like I would call it growing pains and we, there is always growing pains. You never like get yourself to something else just by sitting in the same place. But what could it be? And this is a, a very big question. And, and once more people ask themselves what could be and how can we make things better for us and for our careers and for our companies and for our, uh, families, whatever, uh, we can grow much better. Wow, it really touched me. Yes, this is, you know, because we... We, we judge the reality, right? We say it's good, it's bad, it's positive, it's negative. At the end of the day, being mindful is accepting what is it. It doesn't mean be passive and accept and do anything, but it's the ability to accept reality and also to see, as you said about the forest, it's an amazing metaphor because in our mind, we see the negative things, but at the end of the day, it also have a positive thing to nourish nature that we didn't think about. What do you say in it uh, connects to the beginning of, the, of our conversation? That we are not in control of everything. And I think we also can see all the picture, the big picture. You know, it's like in the 
the Zen, they say that at the end, the sky always is there. The clouds will pass on, right? And the clear sky right. will be there. So sometimes we're in the midst of the, uh, of the clouds. We don't see the big picture, but the ability to understand that it passes away in the at the end of the day, we will be able to see the clear picture. We need to be humble. I think this is also part of the process, right? Being humble and understanding that, okay, this is what's happening. How can I embrace it in the best way I can and nourish myself and my loved one in these challenging times? So Yeah, I totally agree. I think that the, the ability to give space to the unknown and, and sometimes it, it really scares you and makes you sad and sometimes you say okay I'm sad and I'm anxious and and I could be anxious and and expecting and looking forward for the future in the same time and it's okay it's okay mm-hmm. to have both sides as long as we don't let the fear conquer ourselves like go Uh, above everything and all the decisions, all the thoughts, all, to, all our mind is in fear. Once we are not in there and we still make the efforts to, I think even like explicitly, not like implicitly, really go into the state of understanding what you have and being thankful for what you have and what could be, which could be good. And just spend the time To go into that state and and when you're thinking about innovation, if you don't have this ability to say, "Okay, now this is what we have, but we could be somewhere else, which is much better mm-hmm. if you don't have that, how could you change because you're just afraid of change yeah and, and it's hard. I heard um a research talking about handling change and unexpected uncertainties, and what they did is you went uh, once a week into a clinic and they would give you an electric, electric shock some of the times mm-hmm. and you could you could either ask uh, in front uh, what's going to be or you need to handle the un- unexpected and people would prefer to know that they will be electrified than not knowing. Uh-huh. so they they would Ouch. prefer just to get <laughs> to to get it because it's so hard to be in the unexpected uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and and I think that this is what happens. We prefer to think that something bad is going to happen we because we think we can expect it and we can control it, and we can mm-hmm. do something against it, and that's why our minds is always going to that direction because the unknown is like the biggest fear, you know, like kids are afraid of the dark because they don't know what the, what's going on outside, right. So it's like, this is how we built it, yeah. in a sense. It's kind of our survival mode, right? To see what's the, the danger in order to be able to stay alive. So it's actually our automatic pattern. So in order to innovate, we need to get out of this automatic patterns. Otherwise, we'll be in this survival mode. So right. yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation. Before we wrap up, there's anything else that you want to say that I didn't ask? I would say that I tell innovation leaders that... Although in some cases things look uh, a bit harsh right now and, and maybe the innovation is, is less active than in the past, but uh, I'm sure that currently this change and, and you could say crisis is the best thing that you could have for innovation and for entrepreneurs and for startups. And it will grow this believers community and change makers in, in their long run. Adi, thank you very much for being with us and inspiring us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. If somebody wants to ask me, I'm always in LinkedIn. So you're always invited. Adi Mazzocario. Great. Thank you. Thank you. 
This was Adim Azor Kayo. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. You are invited to subscribe to our podcast in order to be notified when we upload a new one. Till then, take care and bye-bye.